Well, hey, it's Wednesday night, and uh, it's good to be back. I've been out for like four weeks, and I'm back, but it, the other guys have been doing great. I've been watching. I was here sometimes, and I was watching the rest of the time, and uh, they all did great. So I'm back here tonight, and I'm going to talk tonight about God's faithfulness. You know, Lamentations 3.23 says that your mercies are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. It says that God's mercies are new every single morning, and great is your faithfulness. See, that we could just camp there for a while because if you look at God's character, He is so merciful. And many times we get wrapped up on What's going to happen tomorrow, or how is this all going to work out, and what's going to happen in the next day, or what happened last week? And, and what, we, what we really need to do, honestly, is to reset every time the sun goes down, cast all our cares on the Lord. And every time the sun comes up, we got to say, Lord, it's a new day, and you got a whole new batch of mercy for me today. It says, He has enough mercy and enough grace for us for every day, but He doesn't have grace for you. For tomorrow, but he only has grace for you for today. And he doesn't have grace for you for yesterday. He has grace for you for today. So that's why we has to cast we have to cast our cares from yesterday and we have to trust him for tomorrow and then receive his grace for today. Y'all get that? That's that I mean we could just go home right now because that's probably enough to set y'all on your way, right? That's the way I feel about it, because it's really true. That's, that's what I feel is really just, a, hey, yesterday is gone. Tomorrow is not here yet, but today, and God's grace is sufficient for today. And when the enemy wants to, work, wants to trouble you about the past, you tell him to go back there. Anyone else wants to trouble you about the future, just tell him, devil, your future isn't too bright either. So, because he's got a lake of fire to look forward to. And, but today, we have God's grace and God's mercy. And every day, his mercies are new. Today, we're going to talk about God's faithfulness that he'll produce in us. One of the fruits of the Spirit is faithfulness. And the, the, the thing I want to focus on with faithfulness is, let's just talk about what faithfulness is. Sometimes people... People say, well, that's just faith. No, it's not. Faithfulness is different than faith. It takes faith to be faithful, but it's more than just faith. Okay? Being faithful is being dependable, right? That's part of being faithful. Telling the truth is part of being faithful. Fidelity is part of being faithful. Persistent effort, like keeping on, keeping on, right? That's part of being faithful. And doing what's right when no one's watching is part of being faithful. Doing what's right when no one is watching is part of being faithful. It's not just showing up. It's showing up with a happy heart with, and with, with good motives and with a, with a smile on your face, not just showing up, but showing up with a smile on your face and with a happy heart. See, 
Proverbs 20, verse 6 says, Most men proclaim each his own goodness, but who can find a faithful man? That's what all the single ladies said. Who can find a faithful man, right? But the, that's what Scripture says. But God is faithful. Revelation 19, 11, it says in Revelation 19, when, when the, the Lord returns, it says, On his thigh is written his name. You know what his name is on his thigh? Faithful and true. That's his name written on his thigh. Faithful and true. Revelation 19.11 says that. Psalm 36.5 says, Your mercy, O Lord, is in the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches the clouds. Psalm 119.90, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth. Psalm 89.8, O Lord of our Lord God of heavens, armies, where is there anyone as mighty as you, O Lord? You are entirely faithful. 1 Corinthians 1.9, God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 2 Thessalonians 3.3, but the Lord is faithful who will establish you and guard you from the evil one. 2 Timothy 2.13, if we are faithless, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one? But if we are faithless, he remains faithful and he cannot deny himself. Even if we're faithless, he's still faithful because he's, his faithfulness is not dependent upon our performance or upon our ideas. His faithfulness is part of his character. And when you're born again, you receive God's character. When, when you're born again, you are born into the image of his son, and his son is faithful. Everybody say it with me. I'm faithful. Because he's faithful, I can be faithful. See, you can be faithful. I know some people say, oh, I don't know if I can be faithful. Yes, you can. You can be faithful. You can be faithful because he's faithful. There's a basic misunderstanding in the world, and the enemy has been attacking God's character since the beginning of time. Even in the Garden of Eden, Satan came to Adam and Eve, and he said to Adam and Eve, he said to him, hath God said you can't eat from any tree? He was accusing God of holding out on them, basically. He says, hath God, has God said you can't eat from any tree? And they said, oh no, we can eat from every tree, but just from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, we can't eat. But the enemy was assassinating or trying to cast dispersions upon God's character even then. And today, in our world today, you'll have people come up to you and, and many times people will say, well, you never know what God will do. Well, I'm sorry, if you read your Bible, you can know what God will do. You don't have to wonder what God will do. If you read your Bible, you can know what God will do. If somebody says, well, you never know what God's going to do, it's because they don't know God. That's why they don't know what God's going to do, because they don't know him. Okay? But if you, if you know God as your personal Lord and Savior, and you know, if you received him as your Savior, and you know him as your Father, and you read his word, his word says what he will do. See, there's, there's a long time ago, I walked into a gentleman's office, and there was um, this cryptic message on his desk. If you can put up that first slide. 
there was that cryptic message, if you, you have it, where is it? There it is. D-W-Y-S-Y, Dwee-Sewid. And it was just on his desk, and I'm sitting there trying to figure it out. This is years and years ago, and I'm like, what the world is that? And I'm like, finally he looked at me, and he goes, so have you figured it out? I go, nope. But it says, what it means is, do what you said you would do. He had that plaque on his desk, and it was, all, it was just his reminder, just do what you said you would do, and you're going to be successful. Keep your word. And see, God keeps his word. He watches over his word to perform it. But we need to keep our word, too. When we give our word, we should do what we said we would do. If you said you're going to be somewhere, you ought to be there, or you ought to Tell a, 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 or you ought to warn them that you're going to be late or whatever. You shouldn't just not show up. Or you shouldn't show up an hour late without telling somebody. That's not keeping your word. See, we got to do what we said we would do. Why? Because we're made in God's image and God does what he said he would do. God does keep his word. God watches over his word to perform it, it says in Isaiah. You know, Malachi 3.6 says, For I am the Lord, I do not change. Just as simple as that. He says, I am the Lord, and I do not change. Psalm 118, Psalm 119.89 says, Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. See, God's word is not up for discussion anymore. God's word is settled. It says that heaven and earth are going to pass away but God's word will never pass away because his word is forever settled in heaven. If God says something, it's true no matter what our society says. Think about that. If God says something in his word, it's true no matter what our society or the rest of the world says. Because God, let, let God be true in every man a liar. So I'm just going to leave that one alone. You can apply that one yourself. But Jesus is faithful. God is faithful. And we can be faithful ourselves because Jesus lives in us. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us and they produce faithfulness in us. But even though they are producing faithfulness in us as one of the fruits of the Spirit, we still have to cooperate with them and make a decision to be faithful. The ability to be faithful is there. You have the ability to be faithful. If you're born again, you have the ability to be faithful. You have the ability to keep your word. You have the ability to, to honor God and to be faithful like him. We have the ability to do that. Now it's up to us to make a decision to be faithful. Being faithful is a decision to keep your word. It's, it's the decision to keep your promises. Being faithful is a decision to do what's right even when it's no fun, it, even when it's hard, even when nobody's around, even when it doesn't seem to make any difference. Revelation 17, 
Verse 14 says, this is again uh, in the book of Revelation. It's when all the end of the world is going on and Jesus is coming back and this is the prophecy of that. It says, these will make war with the lamb and the lamb will overcome them for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, speaking of Jesus. And those who are with him, everybody say, that's me. It says, that is me, because it says he's coming back with his saints at his side. And that's us, right? We want to be in that crowd. He says, so, for he is Lord of lords and King of kings, and those who are with him, us, are called, chosen, and faithful. Boy, that's a, that's a good thing to remember. That one ought to go on your mirror in the bathroom. Just a thing that says, you are called, you are chosen, you are faithful. Speaking to yourself now every morning. That God has a calling on your life. And you are chosen by him. And you are faithful. You say, well, I don't feel faithful. Well, then decide to be faithful and let him, let his mercy and his grace and his ability to be faithful, let it manifest in your life because he has called us, he has chosen us, and he's called us faithful. I mean, that's good news, people. That's Revelation, that's Revelation 17, 14. It says, we are called, chosen, and faithful. Wow. We're going to do a quick activation right now. I know it's early in the, in the service, but I'm just, I just want to do a quick activation. And what I mean by an activation is just I want you to do something, okay? So everybody, um, I know we're only 15 minutes in. I want you to stand up with me. Just say this after me, then say, I am faithful. I am faithful. Jesus, the faithful one, lives in me. He dwells in me. I choose to yield to the Holy Spirit. I walk in faithfulness. I am faithful in every area of my life. And I will continue to be faithful all the days of my life. You can sit back down. That's a good confession right there. That's a good confession because you know what? Part of what we do is we confess God's word and we decree a thing. The scripture says you decree a thing and it comes to pass. You decree, you just, you just agreed with God right there. He called you faithful, chosen, and called. And you just said, I am faithful. Why? Because you said I was faithful. So God called me faithful, so I guess I'm faithful. Here, I'm faithful. You say, well, you don't look very faithful. Well, I am See, we can have confidence in the future. We can trust him with the future if we understand that he is faithful. And if he's faithful, we can be faithful. You can make it. You can be faithful in your marriage. You can be faithful in your work. You can be faithful in, in friendships. You can be a faithful and true friend. And you can have faithful and true friends. Our confidence comes from God's predictability. So that's why it's such an assault on God's character when someone says, well, you never know what God's going to do because 
God is predictable. He says in his word what he will do, and he watches over his word to perform it so we can have confidence in his faithfulness. Think about this. Did the sun rise in the north today? The last time I checked, I was up this morning when the sun rose, and it rose in the east, just like it's done for the last 59 years I've been alive. It rose in the east, and it'll rise. Now, <clears throat> our perspective changes a little bit. Sometimes it's a little bit southeast, and sometimes it sets a little bit north, northwest and southwest, but that's because of where we are in the Earth's axis and the tilt and the 23 degrees and all that stuff. But it rises in the east and sets in the west every day. And it never just, oh, the sun didn't come up today. I spent one... Um, June, 50 miles south of the Arctic Circle. And uh, that was a little strange because it never got dark up there. We were up in northern Canada, and um, it never got dark up there. I mean, the, the sun was still peeking over the horizon at 2 in the morning, and at 4 in the morning it was full sun. You know, it's like it never really got dark. It just kind of got dusky a little bit. And, but even there, it came up kind of in the east and set kind of in the west. It just kind of went like this. And then it just kind of went down a little bit and then went like that. So the faithfulness of God, what I'm trying to say by saying that is you don't have to wonder about some things. If I jumped off of this platform, you don't think I would just float in the air, right? Why? Because the laws of gravity are dependable. And I would, I would drop like a rock, right? I'm not going to. I would have 10 years ago, but I'm not going to do that right now because I don't want to hurt myself. But the laws of gravity are predictable and they're dependable. The laws of nature are predictable and they're, we know what's going to happen. How much more the God who made the laws of nature is consistent and faithful and predictable. We can trust him because he is faithful. He is good and faithful. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, The eyes of the Lord run to and fro across the earth to show himself strong on behalf of those whose heart is faithful to him. Now it's required, 1 Corinthians 4, 2 says, it's required to those who have given a trust, who have been given a trust, that they must prove faithful. So if, if you're going to be a steward of God's ministry in the earth, or if you're going to be a steward of, of anything for God, it's the one thing that's, that's required is that you be faithful. So again, we'll get back to the definition of what is being faithful. It's dependable doing the right thing when no one's watching, being on time, doing what you said you would do, being trustworthy, if you want to use that terminology. Proverbs 28.20 says, The faithful man will abound with blessings, but he who hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the faithful, the diligent, makes one rich. The hand of the diligent, the faithful, shall rule, but the slothful shall be a slave. Now, why do I say that? 
Because God rewards faithfulness. If you'll be faithful, faithfulness does not cost you something. Taking the long way and doing the right thing, even when no one's watching, is always the most beneficial thing you can do. Doing the right thing, even when no one's watching. Why? Because you're faithful. And God rewards faithfulness. It says the faithful person will abound with blessings. Think about the man Joseph. Remember, y'all remember Joseph. He's the guy that had the coat of many colors and he had older brothers and he told his older brothers about his dreams and his dad kind of messed up in the birth order here and, and he favored the one son and he kind of had too many wives and it was just a big mess. Um, he had all kinds of, it was just a big mess. Honestly, I look back and I'm thinking, wow, he's one of the fathers of the faith and he's got like four wives and his sons are like wanting to kill each other and like, wow, that's our, that's our ancestry, huh? Um, it's like I, I feel better about my family, you know? <laughs> but, but you look at Joseph, and I love the way that God does not leave anything out. He leaves, the, he leaves the stories of the patriarchs, warts and all, you see it all. And I, I, res, I respect that and I like that because it makes us all like, hey, maybe there is hope for me, right? But the, what happened with Joseph is, you know, his brother sold him into slavery. Um, they were going to kill him and the one brother, Reuben, says, don't do that. Let's sell him to the Malachites and the, or whoever it was, the Midianites who were coming by. And the, so they sold him into slavery and you have to, I'm just going to get very real with you right now. What happened is Joseph was stripped down at least to his skivvies, and that means his underwear, and he was put on a block, chained, and people went by and they squeezed his muscles, and they went like this. They looked in his mouth, and they, they, and they auctioned him off as a, like, livestock, or they auctioned him off as a slave. And he was sold for 20 pieces of silver. And he was sold to a man named Potiphar. And it says that Joseph, as soon as he got into Potiphar's house, he was faithful. And he took care of everything in Potiphar's house to the point where everything that Joseph was in charge of was doing well because Joseph had a great attitude and Joseph was faithful even though he honestly got the short end of the stick pretty badly, right? I mean, his brothers betrayed him, sold him as a slave. Some other dude buys him. He's somebody's property. And he ends up in somebody's house and and he decides he's going to make the best of it. That's called being faithful. That no matter what happened to him, he was faithful. It says in Genesis 39.2, this is a verse that I want you to remember. Genesis 39.2. I set the stage for this verse. The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Hold it. 
How can you figure, now God's word says it, I'm not doubting the word, but I'm, I don't understand that, and that really kind of threw me sideways, because it says that he was a successful man, and yet he was sold as a slave to someone else, but the Bible still says he was a successful man. How was he a successful man when he was a slave? How? I tell you how? He was faithful to God. And he was faithful to his master, even though it was wrong what was going on. It was very wrong what was going on. He was still faithful. So even if you work for someone that is unfair and rude, if you will be faithful to God and faithful to them, God will call you a successful person. Even if that person is ungodly and rude and mean and unjust, God says here that Joseph was a successful man. And that just that flies in the face of the Western definition of success. Am I right? At least for me, when I look at that, I go, how does that work? How can you be successful while you're a slave in someone else's house. But yet, that's what God's word says, so it's true. Faithfulness can make you successful no matter what circumstance you're in. Faithfulness makes you successful no matter what's going on in your life. No matter how many times you get cheated or you get hurt or you get looked over or you get this or that or whatever it is how many times it's just not fair if you'll just stay faithful God calls you successful it'll make you successful and if you remember the rest of Joseph's story he gets he gets cheated again because Potiphar's wife lies about him when he does the right thing he ends up saying no to um, the, the seduction of his master's wife, and then she lies about him, they throw him in jail, and the next thing you know, he stays faithful in jail. I'm like, what's this guy made of? At some point in time, doesn't he go, you know? At some point in time, you're just like, whatever. Now I'm getting, first I get thrown in a pit, now I'm in prison, and I got the hussy trying to hustle me, and I finally, and I say no, and this is what I get, God, really? I mean, that would have been me in prison. Maybe you. That would have been my temptation. I'd have been going, this is not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. But God called him a successful man. And while he was in prison, then he interprets dreams for these two guys. And, and the one guy that gets out, he gets killed. And the other guy, he gets put back in his position. And he summarily forgets about Joseph. He gets hosed again. I'm like, come on, people. Can somebody be nice to Joseph? Y'all got to just dump on him? Really? And finally... 13 years after he had the dream, Pharaoh has a, has a dream. He's troubled. He asks all of his soothsayers and all of his magicians. Nobody can figure it out. And so they ask, finally, the butler, knucklehead, has a, oh, 
there's that guy that saved my life that I've never thanked, right? He goes, let's go get him. So he gets Joseph out of prison. Joseph summarily interprets the dream, saves the entire world, basically, from famine. And Pharaoh makes him prime minister, and he's now everybody's boss. Now, we would all say, yup, he's a successful man. But you know what God called him a successful man when he was getting cheated, when he was getting lied about, when he was getting beat up, and when he was getting forgotten. Because God's call on your life is irregardless of what people do to you. God's call on your life is God's call on your life. And if you'll stay faithful, you'll get to the end of it and you'll walk into it. But if you decide to quit, throw up your hands, get mad and start feeling sorry for yourself and having a pity party, you know what's going to happen? You're going to miss it. He would have missed it if he'd had a pity party. So let's just cancel all the pity parties in this room, okay? We all got pity parties we could have. I'm being just kind of hard right now, so just forgive me in advance. But we're just going to cancel all the pity parties. Because you know what? Nobody wants to come to your pity party anyway, right? You don't even want to go to it. So let's just say God has a plan even though it doesn't look like God's plan is working right now. Because don't you think that was true about Joseph? Don't you think he had a couple thoughts and was like, I thought I was supposed to be a ruler, but I'm a slave. Hmm, I thought I was supposed to be a ruler, but I'm in prison. And now I'm forgotten. And the next thing you know, because he stayed faithful, he ended up right where God showed him in his dream. But see, God's call does not get invalidated or canceled just because you have bad things happen in your life. Because Joseph is proof of that. God's call is valid in the middle of when you're having bad things happen in your life. Being faithful doesn't cost you, it pays in the end. Being faithful. See, revenge, revenge doesn't work. Revenge doesn't make you feel any better, right? So you, so you get revenge. Okay, now what? You still got the same crummy situation you had before, and now the other person has a crummy situation too. Okay, misery loves company. All right, you're both miserable. Okay, that's, what good is that? See, revenge doesn't work. What works better is forgiveness and let God promote you. No matter what happens around you, God can still promote you. No matter what happens. Daniel had the same thing. Daniel was faithful and he got promoted. People got jealous. They tried to kill him. And you know what? Even when he knew it was going to cost him, he still prayed every day and he stayed faithful. And his faithful life promoted him. And then his faithful, his faithful way of life saved him because he prayed. They threw him in the lion's den and God protected him. And then those that had him thrown in the lion's den, you know what happened to them? They were tender vittles for... Uh, the lions. He, they got thrown in the lion's den themselves, even though they tried to get him killed, they themselves were killed. 
See, because he was such a faithful man. Daniel was another one, a faithful man that did not compromise. In the middle of being a, a, a captured as a slave, he became a leader because he was faithful. Luke 16, a couple more points. Luke 16 says, He was faithful and least is also faithful in much. He was unjust and least is also unjust in much. If you've not been faithful in that which is unrighteous mammon, who will commit to you true riches? And if you've not been faithful in that which is another man, who will give you your own? I'm going to meddle just for a minute here. Money is the first place we can easily demonstrate our faithfulness. God is, says, bring to me the first of all your increase. So when you have an increase, set it aside and put it into God's kingdom. That's called being faithful in finances and faithful in unrighteous mammon. And when you're, un, when you're faithful in, in that which is least, you are also faithful in must, much, and God will entrust to you more. As you're faithful with a little, you'll be faithful with more, and God will entrust you with more. I'm not talking about just more money. I'm talking about more responsibility, more revelation, more of whatever it is that you need in your life. Because it starts with being faithful in every area of our lives. That's where it starts. If we're faithfulness in finances spills over into every area of our life. Colossians 3:22 it says servants in everything obey those who are your masters on the earth not only with external service but also to and, and not only to please people but also with sincerity of heart because of the fear of the Lord. So because of the fear of the Lord be a good whatever it is you are. Be the best bank teller. Be the best floor sweeper. Be the best uh, engineer. Be the best window washer. Be the best accountant. Be the best whatever it is you do. Be the best at that. And be, be the best you can be at that. And be faithful. There was... I was talking to someone and they said they, they, they engaged a, a construction company and the foreman left and they watched two guys. And the one guy kept working and the one guy just sat down, pulled up a bucket, turned it over, lit up a cigarette and started playing on his phone as soon as the boss left. And he said, I looked at him, I'm like, are you doing that? Are you for real? As soon as the boss leaves, you're going to sit on a bucket, smoke a cigarette and not work just because the boss is gone? That's not a faithful person right there. Well, as it turned out, that guy didn't have a job the next day because somebody said something. But my point is, that's not faithfulness. That's not being a faithful person. As soon as the boss is gone, you, you, you start fooling around or you start sitting on your tail and not, not working. See, so we need to honor God with everything, with our whole life. We serve the Lord 24-7, not just on Sunday mornings and Wednesday nights. We serve the Lord 24-7. Everything we do is worship to some degree. Everything you do is worship. Doesn't matter what it is. Every, you can drive a truck as worship to the Lord. Every, you can mow, a, mow the grass as worship to the Lord because it says do everything as unto the Lord. 
So if you do whatever it is you do as unto the Lord, you're going to do a good job. And when you do a good job and they know you're a believer, you know what's going to happen? They're going to say, wow, they did a good job. And it reflects well on Jesus the King when you do a good job. And when you do a bad job and they know you're a Christian, they go, yeah, they say they're a Christian, but mm, I don't know. Right? And then that, so let's do our best at everything we do. Let's be on time. Let's, let's just, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter what happened in the past. From now on, let's be faithful people. Let's just decide. The faithful one lives in us. Let's decide that we're going to let the faithful one help us be faithful in everything we do. Let's be faithful people. Why? Because that brings honor to God. Being unfaithful is sin. That's just all there is to it. Being unfaithful is sin. So I'm going to end with this. I'm going to go, we're going to do that one activation again, and I'm going to add a couple to it, okay? So stand up with me if you would. Say it with me as soon as I can find it. Here it is. Say it with me. I am faithful. Jesus, the faithful one, lives in me. He dwells in me. I choose to yield to the Holy Spirit. I walk in faithfulness. I am faithful in every area of my life. I will continue to be faithful all the days of my life. I obey God's word. I am faithful to my spouse, my employer, and my word. I am a believer, and I reject unbelief, and I thank God that he has called me faithful. Let's pray. Father, we thank you that as we have confessed and as we have declared, we thank you, Father, that you have called us faithful, that you've called us your children, you've called us chosen. And Father, we thank you that you will empower us to keep our word, that you'll empower us to, to do the right thing even when nobody's watching, even when we could get away with it, we still do the right thing because we are faithful. And Father, we just desire to bring honor to you and we desire to bring glory to you in everything we do or say in Jesus' name. Amen.